From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. It's officially election season, and as we record this, the Republican Party is holding its nominating convention to formally name Donald Trump and Mike Pence as its presidential ticket. And that means that Congress is off again this week. But there is a lot waiting for lawmakers when they return to Washington after Labor Day. Joining me to discuss what's on their agenda are Bloomberg tax reporters Stu Basu and Colin Wilhelm. Thanks to you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Hi there. So there's going to be a lot competing for lawmakers' attention in September. Colin, start us off. What's topping their agenda? Well, uh, whether or not there's going to be another round of economic relief related to the shock caused by the coronavirus outbreak and um, keeping the lights on for the government. Government appropriations run out uh, at the end of September. Uh, That's obviously kind of the next deadline. Uh, We had initially thought that there might be some action around a deal, uh, basically a a CARES 2.0 package, if you will, uh, towards the end of July or early August. That didn't happen. And so now we're kind of in this holding pattern where um, there's disagreement over just whether or not Congress should should do something more, uh, Congress and the administration should do something more. There's not even agreement over the extent to which uh, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi are even in contact right now. Uh, I saw today uh, Meadows, uh, as of the day of this recording, did an interview and said that um, he'd been trying to get in touch with the Speaker but wasn't sure if uh, she had his phone number. If talks are are at that stage, then it's going to take a while before anything happens. What are the big sticking points here? I mean, negotiations over what should be in the next round of economic relief stalled, you know, before Congress left for the August recess. Um, Republicans released what they've described as, or what's been described as a skinny bill last week. But what's really holding up negotiations here? And where might they possibly find agreement? Uh, the size of a package is really right now the, the top line number. Um, so House Democrats passed a bill that would have totaled about $3 trillion in new aid uh, back in May. They've said that they're willing to come down from that number by about a trillion. Uh, Senate Republicans were talking about a trillion dollar cap for their own policy that they rolled out uh, in late July. So uh, basically, it's uh, getting to a number that both sides can agree to. It took a few weeks for the White House and uh, House and and Senate Democratic leadership to basically say we aren't on the same page for a top line number. Um, There seemed to be some movement in the Senate uh, before the White House really got uh, closely involved. Democrats, congressional Democrats have said that they view Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin as somebody that they can do a deal with. Uh, but in this round of negotiations, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows was much more the point man for the administration. And that seemed to be kind of um, the the different variable uh, from the economic package, the CARES Act that passed in March versus uh, uh, the stalled negotiations that we're seeing right now. So just to clarify, I mean, this is not a S- Senate and House negotiation. This is the, the House Democrats negotiation, d- negotiating directly with the White House. It's 
them dealing directly with the White House, not uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has kind of said, you know, you guys cut a deal with the White House. Uh, they Senate Republicans don't want Trump uh, pulling the rug out from underneath them uh, if they reach an agreement with Democrats. And Trump says, no, I won't agree to that. So um, that's where things are right now. Uh, it's trying to hash out some sort of top line agreement over what the budgetary impact of another round of economic relief slash stimulus would be. Uh, Just coming up with that number is is really where they're at right now. And they haven't been able to do that so far. Well, meanwhile, lawmakers are back in their home districts right now. They're they're talking to small businesses in their home districts about the Paycheck Protection Program. They're hearing from larger businesses about expiring tax credits and other relief that was provided in the spring. How might those conversations and the attention they're getting drive the agenda post Labor Day? I mean, if there's, you know, we're hearing that there's growing and bipartisan support for things like streamlining PPP forgiveness. And um, Colin, you've reported that there's widespread bipartisan agreement to expand um, tax credits to help businesses avoid layoffs. All of these things have support. I mean, so where where do those smaller items go? Well, they, they've got a, a ticket for the last train out of town, but that train's, uh, the, the engine is uh, under maintenance right now, um, <laughs> so to speak. You know, it, they need that broader agreement uh, to fall into place before they can really move. Um, I don't think there's going to be any separate uh, legislation because it's like a giant... Um, Jenga puzzle, where if you move one or two pieces out, then the other ones that people want to add in might cause the whole thing to topple. So it, it's a little bit of a tortured metaphor, but um, you know, it's a giant uh, game of uh, horse trading, essentially. And there's also a bit of a, a political incentive too for both sides here. Um, you know, we're headed into election day. And they can both kind of Trump has has made the political calculus that uh, he's going to take these executive actions and he's going to take credit for anything good that happens. Democrats are going to say it's not enough and they're going to blame him for for blowing up a deal uh, and he's going to blame Democrats for blowing up a deal. And it's kind of like, you know, they're just there's some incentive there to for nothing to happen and for both sides to blame each other. Well, meanwhile, there is mounting pressure for Congress to also fix and clarify other aspects of the CARES Act, uh, that economic relief package passed in the spring. One of the big outstanding tax questions has to do with the deductibility of certain expenses relating to the Paycheck Protection Program. Stu, is a technical correction even on lawmakers' radar right now? You know, the the provision you mentioned uh, is fairly important to businesses, but you know, these are things that should take care of themselves anyway once the big ticket items line up. Uh, we did not see the provision uh, like deductibility uh, kind of uh, coming in the way. Uh, and, you know, my colleague Colin Wilhelm wrote a story about there's a slew of proposals that should easily get attached to this bill and pass if the big ticket items are resolved. And this is just one of them. Well, in the meantime, I mean, is it likely that we'll see Treasury 
provide any guidance or any clarity there? I mean, could could Treasury step in even if Congress doesn't provide a technical fix for this tax deduction issue? Uh, Treasury has said that they oppose that. Um, I think there might be some questions as to on their side as to how they would enforce or how they would um, administer that. But it's a little bit um, it was a little bit of a surprise, uh, as was the initial ruling that those expenses would not be tax deductible. Um, that came out of IRS, uh, I think back in, well, back in the spring. So yeah, that's one area of, that is important to businesses where there's a little bit more friction between, or a little bit more daylight, maybe, uh, not so much friction between Senate Republicans and, um, the administration, but it, it seems like something that could feasibly end up in another aid package if, um, momentum builds for one to actually happen. What about the president's order that delays the due date for employee payroll taxes? You know, in, in, in lieu of congressional action, the, the White House has tried to intervene and tried to offer relief. This was one of those options. We're still waiting to hear on guidance from Treasury about how exactly that would work. Is that something that could end up in the next stimulus package? I don't, well, the reason Trump took that action was because nobody wanted to do it in Congress. Uh, There just wasn't any interest in a payroll tax holiday. One issue is it only benefits people who have jobs currently. And we're in a historic, at a historic level of unemployment because of this virus. Um, Another issue is it's a very expensive item from a a budgetary perspective. Uh, Basically, it would decrease revenues for the the federal government. Those revenues go directly towards uh, Social Security and Medicare, which are popular programs. Uh, And then the the benefit, uh, even though it it does add up over time, it it takes time. And right now, people are talking about very acute benefits that would help stimulate the economy or prevent people from being evicted, something like that. The timeline of a, a payroll tax cut or a payroll tax holiday isn't necessarily aligned with um, with what people are looking for right now. Stu, I wonder what other tax outstanding tax matters could find themselves inserted into an eventual stimulus package. I mean, what other questions are outstanding that accountants and businesses are waiting for answers on? Well. You know, there are certainly some issues that are close to Democrats that will kind of uh, kind of rear their head. But if it remains to be seen, if they make it to the final bill, the deductibility, uh, the SALT, the straight state and local tax deductions and the cap, uh, very important to Democrats in swing district uh, to try and remove that cap. Uh, but, you know, the Democrats are kind of running against the wind here. Uh, Repealing the cap would benefit wealthy families, and the Republicans have made that point again and again. But um, I am sure the Democrats will try to at least have that provision in uh, in a larger uh, CARES 2 bill. And there's stuff that is close to kind of Richie Neal, Ways and Means Chairman, uh, Richie Neal's heart, the Earned Income Tax Credit, expanding it, making it refundable. The child tax credit, uh, expanding it and making it refundable, and there are some Senate Republicans like Marco Rubio who kind of have spoken up in favor of making the child tax credit, you know, more expanded. 
Well, uh, Chairman Richie Neal, I mean, his time in Congress might be running short. He's facing a, um, a, a tough election coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, well, it's a tough primary challenge, and um, Alex Morris, the, you know, his challenger just uh, was endorsed by uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, this is a tough primary for him, perhaps the toughest he has ever faced. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll know next week. <laughs> If he's st- he'll still be around. Yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, he's got a target on his back from uh, progressive groups uh, who have really come in t- in favor of his challenger. It'll definitely send some shockwaves if uh, they manage to unseat the chairman of one of the most powerful committees in the House. Well, lawmakers aren't only focused on the election or the pandemic uh, right now. There's a bipartisan Senate report released this week sets the stage for Congress to pass legislation that would halt the abuse of charitable conservation easement tax incentives. Stu, what did this report find? So this was a 16-month investigation uh, led by the staff at the Senate Finance Committee. It was bipartisan. Uh, the report came out uh, Tuesday, and what it found was essentially these syndicated conservation easements. This is a tax advantage land deal. They were functioning as tax shelters. Now the IRS flagged these deals uh, several years ago, uh, and you know there's a Department of Justice case that's been going on against some promoters. Uh, but this hasn't stopped them. We, uh, there was a Bloomberg tax investigation, uh, investigative report in January uh, that I was part of. And we found that these deals were still going on. People essentially in partnerships were, you know, buying tax deductions. And, uh, you know, uh, the Senate report compared uh, this kind of deal to walking up to a vending machine, putting $1 in and getting $2 back. And that essentially sums up what, uh, you know, the IRS, uh, the DOJ, and now Senate Finance uh, have found. So uh, there is a bipartisan bill led by Senators uh, Steve Daines and Debbie Stabenow to fix the issue so that, you know, this kind of uh, abuse uh, doesn't happen. Now, the people who promote these deals uh, they, they one point they make is that you know this conserves land and you know uh, it's so they they have been lobbying uh, members of Congress as well uh, but there is now momentum to try and do something about what uh, you know investigators and the DOJ have called tax shelters but this might not be part of a this is not a September thing this might be a December thing where because you know the bill uh, Andrew Grossman who's the chief tax counsel for Ways and Means Democrats said earlier this year that the bill that you know that would kind of stop this kind of uh, activity it needs some work and right now everyone's focused on the pandemic and everything else the report comes has come out so it kind of sets the ground for uh, some legislative action, but it, it might yet take some months. Well, I know you'll be monitoring that and the elections and the uh, the outcome of the stimulus package negotiations for us. Thank you both, Colin, Wilhelm, Stu Basu, Capitol Hill reporters for Bloomberg Tax. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. 
You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about today's podcast, reach out to us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. That's at T-A-X. Talking Tax is produced by Amanda Icone and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. When it comes to the environment, there are, let's say, a lot of moving parts. Climate change, air pollution, water pollution, chemical contamination, endangered species, renewable energy, superfund, asbestos, recycling, lead, mold, radon, stormwater... That's where Parts Per Billion comes in. Join me, David Schultz, on the Parts Per Billion podcast every Wednesday to sort out everything that's going on in the environment, from the courts to Congress to your backyard. Download and subscribe to Parts Per Billion wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for listening.